A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Check out Boston George, famous without the fortune, now streaming on fandor.com. Get the real story of the events that inspired the hit film Blow. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another Fandor video podcast. My name is Human. I don't know where Chris is. Oh, what happened to Chris? Where did you go? But at least we got Brent. Hey, hey. at I'm least here. we got Brent. I'm here. I'm always here. Uh, today's interview is brought to you by the Sonoma Valley Authors Festival. Uh, the Sonoma Valley Authors Festival. It's their fifth annual one. It's held at the Fairmont Sonoma Mission in August 26th to the 28th. Uh, it's limited to 400 mm. guests. It's in person. It's three days. It's a TED Talk style format. Um, you can find out all the info at svauthorsfest.org. Some of the speakers include Tracy Smith, Mary Roach, and our next guest, Mark Mills. Welcome, Mark. Thanks for having me. I'm, of course. I'm ready. Holding my breath. <laughs> well, listen, I got to be honest. I, I watched a bunch of your other interviews and they were very straight ahead and serious. And I want to have fun with you. So, but normally I ask uh, the person to tell us about themselves. But uh, Mark Mills's bio is, I'm not kidding, it's like three pages long. Uh, he's a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. He was chairman of and CTO of ICX Technologies. He helped take them public in 2007. He wrote a book called The Cloud Revolution, as well as four other books. In 2016, he was named Energy Writer of the Year by the American Energy Society. He served in the White House under President Reagan. <laughs> That'll date and- <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> He's- and he um, is an experimental physicist. In well, a- I, I, oh, eight, a century ago. Okay, <laughs> being humble. Look at this. When guy. I was a, when I was a child, when I was a child, but when I was in a Reagan White House, I was still in diapers. Just so you know, right? And he has his own. Of course, he has his own podcast called The Last Optimist. Mark, what else is on your list? Have you, Mark? Have you skydived? <laughs> no, but I did uh, race Grand Prix when I was young and immortal. Motorcycles. Oh, yeah. Wow! Wow! And how did you do? Did you ever win anything? Uh, we did okay. The team I was on, we raced in a 24 hour Le Mans style race and, uh, I didn't, I didn't fall down. I didn't wreck the bike. You know, it's, that, was, that was a plus. Uh, Bryn, uh, Bryn is a world-class, uh, motorcycle rider as well. <laughs> Good. Tell, uh, tell Mark what kind of bike you got. Oh no, I'm not a world-class motorcycle. <laughs> I ride all the time that I love motorcycles. So I've, I've had everything though. What? From Hondas, Ducatis, BMWs, all that. Yeah, stuff. The whole, the whole schmear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love riding, but I never did it competitively. Do you still have uh, do you still ride Mark? No, I, I uh, decided that I wasn't immortal and can't <laughs> stopped riding There's that. years yeah. ago. Uh, Mark, have you uh, ever been to a Hooters? <laughs> Be honest. Be honest. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think about it. We looked at one in Baltimore Harbor with my wife. We were with our little kids at the time because we couldn't find anywhere else to eat uh, and decided, nah, still can't do it. So oh. oh. Uh, when was the last time you were in Vegas? A couple of years ago, you know, okay. d- just uh, conferences. Um, I'm afraid I've been there maybe 10 or 12 times for conferences as a conference venue. Never gambled there. No, never, never. Did anything, never did anything exciting or useful there. Ate at restaurants, left. 
Oh, well, I'm, uh, I'm a boring <laughs> Vegas guest. Uh, what, what, what happened in Vegas? Vegas could stay there because nothing happened. <laughs> uh, what? Where do you want to travel to that you've never been? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, other than Mars with Elon Musk. Uh, <laughs> uh, there it is. Now, if I mind. have to pick a place that I'm probably never going to get to, but that would, I, I choose that. Um, okay. So you're speaking of the Sonoma Authors Festival. Uh, if people come uh, yeah. to see you, what, what, will they, what can they expect you to talk about? Technology. Uh, what's going to happen in the 2020s, the near future? What, uh, what I think is close to inevitable nothing is inevitable and the you know the futures you know that'll all there's probably a hundred expressions about how hard it is to predict the future so uh, but I, I do some predicting let's yeah let's talk about that for a second um what have you predicted in the past that has come come to pass well a lot of things I've, i'm on the record uh well if we, we could talk about some energy stuff maybe to give a good example that's prominent in the news about a decade ago, I was one of the only people writing, testifying before Congress, predicting that the United States would produce more oil. That was, remember, peak oil? We're going to all run out of oil. It's all going to go away. So my colleague and I wrote a book called The Bottomless Well, and uh, we predicted. It's nice to get a prediction right for the right reason. I'll take it right, you know, on a coin flip, but it's always good to be right. Mm -hmm. And uh, we uh, predicted that not only would there be a lot more oil produced by the United States specifically, but that we've become an oil exporting nation, which mm -hmm. nobody believed, thought that was crazy. It's, it's in fact what happened over the last decade. So you, you're an energy expert. Uh, what's up with these gas prices? Yeah. Is well, there any hope in sight? Who do we blame? Tell me who we blame. <laughs> well, it, it's always fun to blame whoever's in charge right now, but this is... Uh, where we are today is the result of about a decade or more, maybe 20 years of really silly policies that to make it harder to produce gasoline and drill for oil. So if you make if you create headwinds on things that people use, things get more expensive. I, I, I just throw a factoid out. We don't want to do make, talk about too many facts, but there's been a lot of electric vehicle hype in recent years. I like EVs. I like Elon Musk, what he's done. But just for a calibration point today, 97% of everything that moves goods and people in the world is propelled by burning oil. And most of the other three percentage points are, are biofuels made from food. Uh, electric vehicles today displace about 0.6% of the world's oil. Mm. So it's transportation is about it's keeping all the world moving. It's all oil. It's all, it's all farce, everyone. It's all... <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean... But you know, it's, an, it's an inconvenient piece of physics. These things are tough. I do a lot of writing about things that can happen that people don't believe. And I do a lot of writing and talking about things that people think are happening that won't. <laughs> do both. Well, well, predict this uh, right now. <laughs> what, what state are you in? Well, I live in uh, Maryland, but I'm, I'm currently uh, uh, talking to you from Maine, where we, where, where we escaped the heat of, of D.C. in the summer. Okay, so in California, the gas prices is roughly yeah. five fifty six dollars. Yeah, yeah. In California, do you see the gas prices jumping back down to three bucks in the mm. next two years? Probably not. I think the probability is really high. It goes a lot higher. Um, what? Yeah. All right. Well, th thanks for the interview. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a lot higher. Yeah. I mean, it's not. We, we live at a time where we're, we're probably going to see an economic recovery, uh, despite the worst efforts of governments everywhere. <laughs> That's going to happen. Uh, people like growth. They like better economies. Better economies use more fuel. It just happens. But governments throw a lot of impediments in the way of you know, producing oil and gasoline. 
especially the California government. So it's going to get more expensive before it gets uh, cheap again. Tell us about your podcast. Is it fun and entertaining like this, or is it boring? <laughs> well, you try. Well, yeah, I call it the last optimist because I, I I try my damnedest to be optimistic about the worst things in the world. But I am fundamentally an optimist. But I I like to believe optimism is a form of realism because if, if you look at history, on average, pretty much everything's gotten a lot better over the last hundred years, 50 years, 20 years. Some things get worse and they get worse temporarily. Give us something that's gotten worse besides the gas price <laughs> and the politics <laughs> and the division. <laughs> well, I would, I would say the politics are pretty similar. You know, if you read history, I mean, I, I wrote, I wrote a little bit about the history of the 1920s because my book has a subtitle, the roaring 2020s. And if you looked at what people did and said and worried about in the 1920s, it sounds an awful like today. I mean, it was really a divisive time. It was uh, horrific. Uh, race riots were terrible. Uh, it was just really gross, terrible time. Uh, we come out of a world war that was killed so many people. We had a great pandemic that lasted into the 1920s. The 1918 flu rolled three years into the early 20s. Uh, it was, um, you know, there was a lot of debate at that time about things like uh, free speech, like we have today. Mm. And the courts did some pretty uh, intrusive things, things we would be, find shocking today to restrict public speech, which eventually ended, but took years. We had prohibition passed as a constitutional amendment, of all things, making it illegal to buy and drink booze, for goodness sake. That lasted <laughs> That lasted more than a decade. I mean, that's crazy in, in hindsight. It, it became legal. We, we had to have pass a constitutional amendment in 1920, two in one year, to make it legal for women to vote. I mean, talk about a crazy time from yeah. a relative perspective. So I say all that because the context that in my book is that the technologies that ignited the 20th century all began then, all in the 20s, cars, airplanes, pharmaceuticals, you know, polymers. Uh, electrification, all all blossomed starting in the 20s. Radio, mm. yeah, all, all that stuff happened then, despite really bad stuff going on at the same time. And it was a boom. The next 70 years were the biggest boom in human history. Well, you say, uh, you know, we're going to have a, a roaring 20s <laughs> like we did in the 1920s. Exactly. So we're 2022. When's this When's this war going to happen? <laughs> if I knew exactly what was going to happen, I wouldn't be talking to you. I'd be a, a timing trader and be worth more than Bezos. Do you but, think it's going to happen before 2025? Just guess. Yeah, me. yeah, I do. I think okay. I think that. So with our uh, new president, whoever the new president's going to be. You know, this is what the irony of being a president is. The, the current mess we're in, I think this president has made it worse, but he didn't. Uh -huh. he, uh -huh. <laughs> But he inherited a lot of problems that he didn't create. He's, 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 he could fairly say that. Presidents uh, you know, reap the benefits or the, the damage done by their predecessors. And I think whoever is the next president will probably live at a time when everybody will be saying, we all always knew a boom was going to happen. So I think the four-year term of whoever wins in 2024 will probably be the term of uh, a lot of very exciting things and a lot of growth. All right, hold on. I want you to give your biggest prediction today. And Mark, don't dodge this question. I want the truth. I'm ready for you. It predict, better not be salacious. Predict the next president. Oh, I can't. That would be talk. I predict technology. I don't predict politics. I'm <laughs> I gonna predict pre one thing. It'll be it'll be a chaotic election, more tumultuous than the last last one, if that's possible. 
That, that's impossible. There's no way. Remember those <laughs> debates? Come on. That was the <laughs> most entertaining debate of all time. Um, it's going to be crazy. I'm going to predict the next president. I'm ready. And, and you tell me <laughs> if this person has a shot. All right. A good shot. Not just um, a shot, a good shot. I'm going to say the next president is going to be DeSantis. Why? Well, you know, I, I think the, let's just state the obvious. Republicans have a huge advantage uh, going in the next cycle because of where the world is now and what this administration has struggled with. And some things I think they've done wrong. There, there's you know, self-inflicted wounds, so to speak. Uh, DeSantis has a, a lot of appeal, obviously, to a, lot of pe- to a lot of Republicans. I think he might might be able to be a crossover president. I work for Reagan, so my bias is obvious. I mean, I, I am an immigrant, a former, I'm a former documented alien who became an American. Wait, where are you from? Where were you born? <laughs> uh, north of the border where the great, the great uh, cold north is and there's no people. <laughs> Wait, Canada. you were born in Canada? Oh, yeah, boy, yeah. Trudeau, huh? Another <laughs> Trudeau. Don't get don't get me going on politicians. We're yeah, we're, we're we're going down a bad path. Okay, what did you uh, what did you think of Top Gun Maverick? Well, you know, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't seen the sequel. I, I, I've seen what? I know. I I'm I, I'm it's not even strike, I'm, bro. I'm I'm, I'm like two hours from the closest movie theater here in remote Maine, and oh my uh, god, why haven't I'm, you seen it? It's I've so seen fun. The, I got it. I got to see it. I love first. But I you love it on the big screen. I know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to. That's why I'm when? waiting for it. When this this summer, it'll be this summer. It'll be it'll be around. Is it? It's on <laughs> it's, its still, way out. Oh, no, it's going to be an IMAX. I got to see it on IMAX. That's what you have to oh see. Then you got to live and experience. You have to see it in VR, virtual reality, which is <laughs> right about my man, Mark. Hey, give I'm Mark sorry. a break, man. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to tell us what your book Cloud Revolution is about, or do you already do that? <laughs> I lost track. We're all over the map. But it's about the technologies we've already invented that are being. I mean, I'll give you a, a clue. Yeah. It's about the cloud. Okay. <laughs> well, the cloud revolution. <laughs> the, the cloud is as different from the internet as the internet is different from te- telephones. But I, I, I spent a lot of time about the cloud. But I'll give you a prediction that I, I, I write about in my book. Yeah, it's actually relevant to science fiction and movies and things that we both like. I think I think we'll finally see the era of practical robots, robots like we think of as a robot. I don't mean one arm machines in, in car factories that do welding. I mean, you know, robots that move around in our life and do helpful things. I don't mean the robot apocalypse. I mean, I mean useful robots. That's going to happen in the 2020s. It's and it's it's a good thing. It's not a dystopian thing. So when I think about helpful robots, I think of that Will Smith. I think of that Will Smith movie. What was that movie? Oh, I Robot. Yeah. Yeah. Are you talking about robots at that level? Yeah. So I Robot. If I were going to pick a movie. Oh, sorry, I jumped the question. Yeah. Yeah. Those two or three your favorite films: computers, the cloud, or the AI. Yeah, I Robot was supposed to be based on Asimov's book I series I Robot, which is one of the best robot book series ever written, even though it's half century old. Asimov was brilliant in anticipating what a robot might be like, why it might be interesting and confusing. But robots that are anthropomorphic, that can walk and sort of look like us, uh, they've been, but the idea that's been around for 100 years, it's not a new idea. It's just really, really hard to do. <laughs> the engineering is far harder than anything we've ever done as, as a civilization. And it's much easier to write dystopian stuff for fiction. It's much more fun. I mean, so I, I robot, the books weren't very dystopian, but the movie was sorta. And most robot movies are pretty dystopian, so, you know, but that's okay. It makes it fun. But the idea of making a machine that can ambulate like a human and that you could talk to and 
uh, do something useful, like put a fire out, which is why uh, DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, the Defense Department, funded robot research. You want the you want the robot to be able to operate where you operate in human environments, which means it has to be human-like. And you want it to do things you don't want to do, like put fires out in dangerous places. So that's mm -hmm. sort of where the robot revolution starts. And then it'll do, you know, robots like look like dogs, like the Boston Dyna Dynamic Spot Mini. Yeah. It it uh it's doing it's already in the field. There's only a few hundred out there, but they do inspections and walk around for safety purposes. What's not to like? I mean, it's not going to replace humans. It'll augment, amplify humans, which is what we've been doing with technology for all of history. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's find a dystopia. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. So iRobot is one of your your it's, favorite. Is that one of your well, favorite? Fa I say Ex Machina was probably that was an incredible oh, yeah. movie. Yeah. That would be a, a favorite as a, as a movie because it really captured the dystopian fears we have about AI and robots combined. But more importantly, as a movie, it really did plumb some spooky domains of of cognition and what's real. It's good. It's what else? Movie. Any other ones? Any other movies? You know, I'll, I'll take you back. Take you back in time to uh, 1983. Matt, Matthew Broderick, uh, War Games. Oh, it, I, oh my God! I was hoping you'd say War Games, yeah. and you said it. It's, it it, <laughs> oh my it God. sets the tone for every hacker movie since. Nobody, every hacker movie is just stolen from War Games, uh, it, which is good because they really figured it out. They so. did. And I can't believe! Wow, your your film your film knowledge is really impressive. But if you want another another movie, yeah, that, one more. Set, set, one more. Uh, even though it was really cheesy, it set the tone. RoboCop. RoboCop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. It, 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 cyborgs. We're we're doing cyborgs now. When when you we implant when you implant something, you're basically augmenting humans. And right. we're going to do a lot more of that because we'll want to do it to live longer and live healthier. And maybe there'll be some dystopian stuff too. Who knows? Nice. Well, uh, his name is, oh, look who's here. It's Chris oh, Kelly. Hey, sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, he made it. All right. Um, well, Mark, uh, all this is incredibly fascinating. I mean, you've been one <laughs> hell of an amazing guest. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah, really I was, fun. And the reason I was worried is because I watched all these other interviews and everyone's not asking you fun questions. <laughs> but you're a fun guy. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to ask fun questions. <laughs> yeah, so. he does. Hey, do you ever come to the Bay Area? You bet, all, all the time. You yeah. want to hang out with us? Yeah, that's oh, it be a blast. Yeah, I still yeah, want. Yeah. Well, you got, we got to find a place to get a nice uh, single malt. Uh, you know, just a good cigar somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is, yeah. Still, is that still allowed in the Bay Area? No. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing's allowed here. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll take you to a fancy restaurant. How about that? I'm I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Am I paying well, or you? <laughs> uh, well, so we'll pick up the tab. Oh, <laughs> but you're looking right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, his name is uh, Mark Mills. His film, his book is The Cr Cloud Revolution. And uh, he's going to be at the Sonoma Valley Authors Festival, August 26th to the 28th. You can learn more at svauthorsfest.org. Mark, we wish you nothing but the best, my man. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mark. All right, brother. Take care. Enjoy. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.